Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are in our difficult topic of confrontation for those who hate confrontation. I think that's most of us. Most people do not relish the thought of going up to someone and giving them a piece of their mind, as it were. That's right. And we are uncovering that a lot of that is made up in our imaginations because we're in the midst of intense emotions and bad things are happening and it's building up and we're sure something even worse is going to happen if we bring it up. And by the time we get to anything, we're either exploding all over everyone or we're so afraid of confrontation that we don't even go near it. One part of what we talked about in our introductory podcast on this topic was that we fear the reaction. We fear that it will make someone uncomfortable, that they will be angry with us, that they will, I don't know, destroy us. <laughs> they will uh, be fire us. Yeah, fire <laughs> us. And we're suggesting that we don't confront for reactions we confront because something needs to change in order to establish safe working environments. That's right. And we can't control other people's behavior, nor are we responsible for other people's feelings. So we can take the emotion out of it and make the topic the topic, as we like to say, to make confrontation normal, ordinary, boring, and matter of fact. And we can just talk about these what's going on and probably arrive at some alternatives pretty easily. So in this scenario, we have someone who is probably not working to the best of their abilities. That was a very generous way to put it. They are perhaps putting out work that is not as professional as we would like it. Maybe they're really bad on the phone. Maybe they speak to clients inappropriately. Maybe they... Their work uh, is late. Their work is late. You name it. Their work is sloppy. It's unacceptable. And it, of course, can't go on. We're not paying for less than we expect, less than we have agreed to in a job description. And so we need some way to talk about it. And so we're in the same situation. We can react out of our anger and our disappointment and our frustration, or we could vent that somewhere else and go to them and just talk about their work quality. So how do we do this? How do we confront someone with poor job performance? Okay, so assuming we're past our anger and frustration and um, are ready to talk to our team member about it, we have standards. This is actually, while not easy, it's one of the more straightforward forms of confrontation because um, you and your employee have already agreed on a job description. You have already agreed on things like the schedule and the quality level and the thoroughness, you know, what the outcomes are. And that's what you want the subject to be. So remember, the subject needs to be the subject. The subject's not your frustration. The subject's not their laziness. The subject is the outcome. That's not as it should be. What you want to do is you want to bring up that the outcome is not what you agreed it would be. So, and we've given several examples. Quality might be substandard. It might be late. It might be sloppy. It might have been delivered in an offensive manner. Um, Mentioned the poor treatment of the client. And so that gives you what to talk about right there, the outcome. Shall we say that word one more time? You know, what's the outcome? What was the expectation that was communicated initially? So given that, that you have a subject now, the confrontation is to get that person up to not feeling defensive. Right. So, well, let's talk about this. More likely someone will be like, oh, well, so-and-so gave me this late and they were rude to me, or there might be some defensiveness. And that sort of is probably what we're afraid of is that the excuses, the defensiveness, how do you handle that? Well, I do want to point out that we've handled much of it by keeping the subject the subject. 
because we haven't called them anything and we haven't changed the, made the subject them in some negative way. Now, as you mentioned, some people do make excuses. Some people immediately start trying to explain themselves out of it, like they, they're still hearing judgment. They're still hearing that they were bad or something. So what you want to do is you want to take it back to the subject because you don't really care about the solutions. I mean, you can be nice and listen, but I don't recommend it because you don't really care because the outcome still has to be brought into line. The work quality has to come up to standards or on, be on time or be thorough. And so you need to just go back to that and just say something like, I understand that there's lots going on, but we still need to get this back to this, you know, back to the standard. So what you're doing is you're almost being a broken record, and then however they vent or however they come back on, you kind of ignore where they're going and bring it back to how are we going to get it back on track and just stay annoyingly on topic. Even if you feels utterly repetitive, just say, now as to the schedule, I need to know three days ahead of time if something is not going to be delivered on time. Oh, well, such and such happened, and they backed out on me, and okay, I understand. Anytime that something's not going to be on time, I need to be notified three days ahead of time. And just be a broken record. So keep the subject on the subject. Keep the subject about the work. You still are, perhaps if you're in the situation, you are a person that is in a leadership capability or at least oversees this work, and you know that you have to keep things moving. It has to be that kind of workplace. Exactly. It has to be productive. So you've taken the emotion out of it. You've stayed on topic. Um, so you're not going, you know, they're not being, they're not protecting themselves from your harshness. They're not taking advantage of you being too nice. They just keep being brought back to what needs to change. Well, and at this point too, you know, this person may go and tell everybody that you're this horrible tyrant and unreasonable. But the fact is that it doesn't matter. I mean, you have a job to get done. You have work that others depend on. Hey, that's an excellent point. So you have the sixth sense for these um, secondary goals people have in confrontation. And if one of your goals, if one of your needs as a supervisor is to be liked or be popular, then you're going to not be able to talk about difficult things well because you already are going to be trying to get this outcome that people like you out of it. And the word gets out that you're reasonable and fair if somebody were to badmouth you, you'd do anything not to prove it. So again, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world, but if you can catch yourself with that need, you can deal with it in other ways. You know, buy people coffee and donuts in the morning, uh, do special things. But when it comes to the topic, recognize that, and that'll help you stay on topic. It'll help you not go over to being, um, trying to protect yourself from being badmouthed at the conclusion of any confrontation. Well, and it's one thing that you can take care of when you hire staff that they know about you, that you will keep them accountable to the job that they do. And if that is not something that they are going to take well, then they need not be in your workplace. Exactly, exactly. We are talking about confrontation. We are talking about being able to talk about something that needs to change. And this week, it's unacceptable work. So if it doesn't change, the subject's not confrontation anymore. It's that they don't want to work there because it's clear what working there involves. There's a job description. There's standards. And if that goes on, the subject changes from your willingness to talk about it, which was, your first, which was the issue of, of leadership we're talking about, to the one you just pointed out, that the goal doesn't need for it to all work out. 
somebody doesn't want to do the work level or the work quality, they're basically saying that they don't want to work there. And so you end it. Yeah. It is hard to be a person who confronts others. But if we want to have successful working environments where it is about the work and can be about camaraderie and having fun together, the work needs to get done. It's not all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. And that's why maybe we should start a campaign for the elimination of the word confrontation altogether, because it's just, it's too weighted down in this negative connotation. And it's really something very positive. It's very positive to be able to talk about what's not going well or not what's not going as it should. That's a strength. That's a team strength. Teams that can talk about what's not working for each other get through it sooner and more healthy and can get to this other kind of working culture where it's more collaborative better. So that's why confrontation is valuable. And that's why we are trying to demystify all the pain and anger and fear that has accumulated around it when it's done poorly or done out of emotions or done in an adversarial manner. Well, next week we'll be talking about um, not pulling your weight. And this is particularly interesting to me because it is probably not something that is noticed perhaps right away by someone in the leadership position, but by Uh someone who is a peer to a person Uh or peers working with someone not pulling their weight. And so it's particularly tricky to confront. So I look forward to seeing what we have to say about that. If you have any questions or comments or would like to bring up any confrontation topics for us to blog about, then join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.